Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode number 46 we have now of the Rugby League Coach podcast. I'm Lee Addison. I'm hosting once again. I wasn't due to. But uh, Taylor Brown, who's due to host, is the last time he spoke to me he was on the tarmac. He's just texting me now, only just getting to the hotel, and he's got to check in and eat. He said so. Um, I'm just going to text. I'm going to text him when you boys talk. Um, with us today is Chris Bugden, all the way from the Sunshine Coast, and James Varley, all the way from the United Kingdom. We'll start with you, James. How many times have you watched the King's Coronation? Uh, I watched it on uh, watched it for a bit on Saturday before I started work. Just see, uh, yeah, just 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 briefly before I started. What 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 was your favourite bit, mate? Uh, well, I just uh, I only I only watched it for about ten minutes to be honest. Just when they were giving the rings over and everything to Charles and Camilla, <laughs> and that was about it. And then I watched the concert last. I watched the concert last night that they did it. Windsor Castle, I watched that. So that was on BBC. We might we might not get Taylor. He's he's um is uh yeah, he's having a few dramas. We'll see, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Chris, did you did you ignore all the football this week to watch the coronation? Yeah, um if you reverse that statement, you'd be a lot more accurate. <laughs> oh, okay. So no royalists here, then I assume. Are you a royalist, James? I'm a bit open-minded about it, Lee, really, to be honest. You know, I'm fairly open-minded. So, sitting um, on the fence a little bit. Yeah, all right. You've got splinters in your backside. Let's get on with the real stuff yeah. anyway, the rugby yeah. league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to start with my topic, if that's all right. Mm. Um, yep. uh, the, the one I want to start with, the one that... The one that has sort of intrigued me a little bit this weekend is about the Sydney Roosters. Are they gone as a premiership force? Chris, I'll start with you. Well, I think it's a bit early to write them off. I think they've still got a few um, issues there that if they come good, they're still a cracking side. On paper, their best 17 is a very, very good side. Um. I don't know. I was listening, interestingly, to the um, uh, the ABC call of uh, one of the games as I was coming home from Magic Round. I went and watched one of the, the well, the first game yesterday, and Grant Bell, who uh, who was the original Cowboys coach in their first year, was talking about how he doesn't see Joey Manu as a five eight in in any sense, and Johnny Gibbs, who's an old halfback from a thousand years ago agreed and they didn't go into a lot of detail but I was just interested to hear that considering there's a lot of um, knowledgeable people out there that love it when Joey Manu is in the sixth jersey and love it when uh, when he's playing that 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 position but um, they've got a lot of 
they just don't seem to have any any stability at the moment i think which is hurting them and in the, the way the competition is at the moment it's it's very close and it's very tough and unless they can settle into some combinations um i don't think it's going to get easier for them but i wouldn't look i wouldn't write anyone off this at at this point in time this season it's one of the most open seasons that that i can remember and um i certainly wouldn't write off a club like the roosters no way one, one of my friends on facebook wrote my friend jay buck and he wrote uh they need a good hooker or need sorry need a good hooker and i was just hoping that he meant the type that plays in the rugby league field rather than it's just the way he wrote it it looked a bit Come say, come say, if you know what I'm saying. Um, James Tedesco today has talked about connectivity or lack of and how there just seems to be a little bit of lack of connectivity there. On the subject of James Tedesco, I'm going to once again put forward that he might be worth a go at 5'8". He played for me at 5'8". He shows 5'8 skills, I think. Possibly his game has become a little bit convoluted now because he he feels like he has to create a little bit more than he used to. And because mm. of the changing combinations that keep on happening around the scrum base. So I, th- I think they've got room to make one more, one more, have a crack at one more thing if they want to. Um, and then otherwise they've got to go back to Walker and get him back in the side again and hopefully, hopefully he settles into it. James, do you have a bit of an opinion on... Sorry, go on, go on. I was just going to ask, but sorry, James. Before before we do move, what is a good five eight? There's so many different opinions. Most positions, I think, uh, uh, do have fairly. When you describe the role of a front rower, when you describe the role of a halfback or a hooker, there isn't as much conjecture as uh, when when the, the pundits or the experts or whatever describe the role of a five eight. Okay, What's your so- view on that, Lee? Mine is, it depends on what you've got in your team. So the traditional thought process for a standoff or 5A is that they tend to run the ball a little bit more, maybe 60% of the time or 75% of the time they run it, 25% of the time they pass it or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the half is the flip of that. 25% they run and 75% they pass. Personally, I like both to... Uh, be considered for what they bring to the table. So the traditional model is the halfback organises, the, the the second receiver is the 5-8. I've played that system. I've played left and right, so it doesn't matter. So they both have similar qualities. Um, I don't think this initial thing is a perfect 5-8. And I also think something else comes into it is the way you play your lock too. So in the past, I've had... Yeah a pivotal number seven in the middle who's had a uh, a lock on the left and a 5-8 on the right, and they've sometimes swapped. So, or a fullback can play that role too. So it literally depends on the makeup of your team. James, can I bring you in and tell me what you think about that, about scrum bases and fullback and lock forwards or loose, loose forwards, as we call them in England? Yeah, yeah, loose forwards in England, yeah. I'm just thinking, really, really, on each side of the rook, would you ideally have a five-eighth as first receiver on one side and a half-back on the other side? And a it depends back where the play the ball is. Depends where the play the ball is. If it's in the mm. middle of the field, well, then yeah. If it's yeah. on a scrum line, mm. you want them mm. both well, on yeah, the open you, side. You do. I think yeah. it's interesting how 
how we talk about the five eighth because remember uh, Danny Maguire at Leeds, he was known for his supreme support work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those as one thing that's yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think it's interesting where you say about Tedesco maybe playing five eighth. Is mm. he a bet? Is he a better pivot than when when Joe Teddy played when? Teddy played five eight for me, or standoff as you'd call it, James. You don't have to talk Australian like like me and Chris. <laughs> um, new listeners will be thinking he sounds English to me. Why is he saying Australian? Yeah, um, exactly. The, the Tedesco, I used to just say to him, "Let it flow." I never programmed him. I gave him tips, obviously, about what he should have around him and what he should do in certain parts of the field. But the fact the halfback was under instruction to give him the ball whenever he asked for it. It was that simple, yeah. really. Yeah. So, and it worked a treat for him, and he had a great season, an amazing season. I personally, as a coach, I see the number six, the number thirteen, and the number one as pivotal in terms of that dictates the game plan of your team a little bit. Sometimes the number six. I've played with one halfback before and never had a 5-8. I've played with an extra prop in the number six jumper. Mm-hmm. I've also played with a prop in the six and the seven, except they didn't fit in those jerseys, so they had to play in their jersey and somebody else wore the six and seven. And the fullback was the halfback. And I think, Lee, my after, after you saying that, and, and I agree 100%, but I think, when and in my early days of coaching, I fell for this trap, and I think a lot of coaches do fall for the trap of trying to emulate what they do in the NRL, um, which is highly structured. And um, you know, there's there's plays and there's structures, and there's uh, a situation or a scenario for almost every spot on the field. But I, I think exactly what you're saying, especially at any level down below semi-pro or anything like that, you, you really don't have to stick to those left and right structures. And, I, don't, and I, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you do in professional game either. Well, I, I, and do, I agree do, too. do what the heck you want, really. You know, it's... Yeah, um... yeah but, but there's too much fear from the newer coaches, I think, in a lot of, sta- a lot of situations where they're, they're not prepared to experiment too much. And um, I'd love to see a little I've, more I've experimentation gone too. I've gone into a game without a hooker. And used used my left second row as dummy half if the play the ball was on the left and the right second row was to hang on the edge. And if it went on the right side of the field, my right second row went into dummy half and the left second row hung on the edge. Um, Anything like that allows you to put an extra prop forward on the field. And in theory, it gives you more go forward. Um, I've done plenty of things like that. Like, uh, so I'm probably the wrong person to talk to in that sense because I just see the whole thing as fluid and I see the six, the seven, the 13 and the one. You can get really creative in and around those positions and do whatever you want with it. And obviously if you put some, if you put a lock in like a Paul Gallon, it means you're probably going to play a little bit more direct. If you put a lock in like Brad Fittler, you're probably going to play a little bit more expansive. Um, Chris, have you got a topic? Yeah, I don't know if you guys are going to like it as much as I do, and I don't know if the listeners will. So feel free to can it early. What, what just... great, what a great intro, it, and it... also what great <laughs> um, characteristics of a of a of a question. The listeners won't like it. The viewers, I mean, 
I mean, anyone would think we were in the entertainment industry with this podcast, wouldn't they? You know. Well, yeah. Forgive me if I've overshot and, and sold it too hard, but I loved Magic Round yesterday. Most importantly, because of the number of retro jerseys I saw around, right. and I just absolutely loved it. And I was just going to ask some of you guys what. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't have too many guys on the show other than me that were in Australia through the 70s and 80s and 90s that could maybe talk about the retro jerseys. But, um, mate, I love seeing and You can see I've got my oh, old yeah. Victor Magpies one on, but just very, seeing very... the old jerseys around, it was just fantastic. And the nods and winks you'd get from people in in the old Manly and the old Video Easy Canberra Raiders. And I saw an Illawarra Steelers with the Kaiser Stool um, sponsor on the front, and I just I absolutely loved it. James, do you have retro jerseys at home? We're just getting cut. It's a bit of a coincidence, actually, getting some retro jerseys for the amateur club that I'm involved with now. Okay, um, and what, what are they doing with that? Well, they're just, it's a, I think it's a 75 year history of the club, uh, the 75th anniversary. And they're just, they're starting to get some retro jerseys for the uh, youth teams at the club. Not, not the particular team that I'm coaching yet, but. They're starting to bring that in, so that's quite interesting that we bring that up. It's just tra- tradition for a club, really, I suppose. Uh, it's like St Helens over here, like St George over there, always known with the white with the red V, and it just it's just uh, symptomatic of the club. The I think there's another topic here, Chris, if you don't mind. Yep. It's have they messed around with our jerseys too much? Yes, I think they have too because. Um, and they do do it in the Premier League a fair bit too. But look, you know that Manchester United are going to basically be in red. Uh, Man City, my team, are a little bit guilty of this. They go through different colours, shades of blue, and their socks change colours and this, that and the other. You know that Liverpool are going to be in all red. You know that Spurs are going to be in white shirt, dark blue shorts. And I think there's only a few clubs that sort of stick to their guns. When it comes to the jersey, the Roosters, St. George, and St. George have done quite well considering of the pressure that came through from the Illawarra side of the, the to, to, to keep that jersey. So they obviously fought for that. The South Sydney Rabbitohs are pretty good at staying loyal to their colour their colour scheme, yep. although they have tinkered with the with the size of the hoops a little bit. Um your club, I think, have messed around with it too much. I mean, yeah. uh, that's the West 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 Tigers, therefore the Western Suburbs history and the and the Balmain Tigers history. I'm trying to think of some others. Parramatta, I mean, if Parramatta kept their jerseys quite similar all the years, that would be iconic, but they've probably messed around with that too much. Newcastle, I wish it had stayed with red and blue stripes, nice thick stripes. You know, I, I could go on and on and on. What other clubs have really stayed with their jersey, mate? I think most of them in Australia have messed around with them, haven't they? They have, and, and Lee, I don't know. Somewhere in the last decade or so, there was a change in policy because the, the clubs were actually, weren't actually allowed to change their jerseys more than once every two or three years or something like that. Mm. Um, now, that's obviously been relaxed because they do change it every year and they've got you know commemorative jerseys for a lot of occasions. And I've got no problem with that, I think. You know, the commemorative jerseys and the Indigenous round and those sort of things are fantastic. But um, it, it does stink a little bit of clubs just wanting to sell a new jersey every year. Let's let's think of the English Super League, uh, James. Your 
nobody, no young kids now would know exactly what a Bradford Bulls jersey is, would they? I mean, I know they're not in Super League, but mm-hmm. you, Brad, the old Bradford Northern, the, the old Bradford Northern jersey used to be quite distinctive, didn't it? The a certain yeah, the red, amber, red, yeah, the, the red, amber, and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thinking a distinctive one, Lee. Pull FC, black and white. Yeah, they're pretty good with that. They're pretty good with that. Yeah. Um, St. Helens, like you mentioned. Wigan have messed around with theirs, mate, quite significantly over the years. Um, And they don't need to. Leeds, blue and amber. They're blue and amber, aren't they, Leeds? Yeah, but even even they've messed with their jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have. You know, there's not... You know, this the Roosters jersey has hardly changed in well throughout my lifetime. Anyway, mm. the St George jersey has not changed, even with a yep. merger. Um, the Kangaroos jersey doesn't change. The subtle differences to it, but the Kangaroos jersey doesn't change. It's the same. They've messed around with the New South Wales and Queensland jerseys a bit too much for my liking too, and. Um, I think I think that's I think that's the I think that's the next layer to your question, Chris, isn't it? Because one of the reasons that you're tipping the wink to your mates at Magic Round is because that's the jersey that they all associate with their club and their opponents. Yeah, and they were selling the retro jerseys out of the merchandise stalls as well, so that probably helps. But uh, yeah, I just love seeing them. I see, even saw an old Western Reds one, and they were only in the comp for a couple of years, and a uh, South Queensland crushes and um, yeah, and, and it, that adds to the atmosphere of Magic Round too. It is a, it's certainly a special atmosphere. I, I've loved it every time I've gone. James, your topic? Yeah, uh, the importance of a reserve grade so scholarship academy rugby to a club. I don't know really. No, I'm not an expert of the system in Australia particularly, but Tony Smith was. Uh, <laughs> Tony Smith was going on about this with Hull FC, that it's true. So junior grades, you're basically talking lower grades. The important yeah, lower, lower grades for a club, yeah. yeah. Um, who do you, who, who do you want to answer your question first? Pick someone. Well, you go first, Chris. I'll let, I'll let you have the first say. That. Yeah, can I just start? Are you talking about uh, at the professional level, though, the professional clubs, or at, at um, community level? or Professional clubs. Yeah, what, I think that means... is the actual system or in Australia. <laughs> Depends which club you look at, to be honest, James. Right. Um, right. Some clubs do have a genuine. Well, I wouldn't even call it genuine anymore. I don't think it is a genuine reserve grade because they play in a different competition now. When I first started following rugby league, um, it was the New South Wales Rugby League. The West Magpies, for example, had A grade. They had reserve grade. They had under twenty threes. And if they were playing Parramatta that weekend, they played Parramatta in A grade, Parramatta in reserve grade, Parramatta in under 23s. There's nothing like that anymore. Um, they don't even have curtain raises to NRL games uh, in most situations. And if they do, if the, if the West Tigers were playing um, Parramatta, for example, then West Tigers would have the West Mag... This year, it would be the Western Suburbs Magpies as their New South Wales Cup side, which is... In which is kind of their reserve grade, I guess. Um, but another factor that has watered it down, club the NRL clubs over here now, James, have what they call feeder clubs. So um, 
The West Tigers feeder club is the Western Suburbs Magpies. Parramatta play their New South Wales Cup side as Parramatta. Um, the Queensland competition is a different competition again. So the Broncos send their boys back to two or three different clubs. Um, and none of them are called the Brisbane Broncos. But, um, and I think another factor in it is that the NRL salary cap system and things like that only allow them to have 30 players plus a, a, you know, a handful of development players on their books actually paid by the NRL club. So it, it's a little bit messier than what it used to be, James. I would love to still be able to go and watch a game of footy where I see the young fellas in the, whether it be the under 20s or 23s or whatever they want, then the reserve graders, then the A graders play. Um, that's obviously showing my age, but um, I think they're crucial because it helps you build the culture of the club. I really do. Yes. Um, I think it, um, it helps build a little bit of loyalty as well, which is no longer really much of a factor in the professional game. But I also won't hold my breath waiting to see it ever come back. You, your original question, James, was how important is it? And I think in an ideal world, every club would have enough money to have, and every coach would want a reserve grade, an under-20s or 21s. I'm using the Australian model here. An under-18s and under-16s. And they could have a nice steady flow through, couldn't they, Chris? The yeah. Uh, and it'd be nice and clear and, and transparent. The problem is over here is what's happened is we had a decade of the NYC, the National Youth Competition. And basically that made reserve grade almost redundant in many ways. And uh, what basically happened is the feeder club started coming back into it. The problem with feeder clubs is that you don't always have complete control of coaching appointments, depending on the deal that the clubs have done coaching appointments, what training they're doing. There might be a geographical difference between the host club and the feeder club. Um, uh, the other problem with reserve grades too is that quite often they can be full of players that never, ever, ever get to first grade. Mm. So from a club perspective, if you've got a reserve grade where two-thirds of them are never going to play first grade, why pay for them? Yeah, true. You know, so that's why I said the 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 um at the start in an ideal world, if there was enough money, because that's the problem. So all, all these decisions are often made on money and cost. So going back to England, there's been all sorts of different permutations. There was 18s and 21s at one point, with seven overage players allowed, or it might have been less. It might, and I actually thought that was a great was a great system because. I remember under-21s with Harvey Howard, who was 32, playing in it, and a few others. And I always liked that system because what that meant was that you got rid of that deadwood that never, ever played first grade that were just taking up a wage and, and staying in reserve grade. They were never going to make first grade. and But it also put young players on the same field as experienced players. So... Again, it, it probably depends on the the circumstances at, at the time. So go back. What's the system in England now or at your club or wherever? What's, what's the, what system has made you think about this? The, well, it's just what I was just reading the article. I, I read in the news articles before this and Tony Smith was talking about it. But there is dual registration now here. 
Yes. Where the Super League teams let players play for the uh, Championship leagues have got a tie yeah. with Bradford. Yeah. They've got a few players there. Keith, they've yeah. got a tie with KR, yeah. which is a fairly new one. And that seems to be the system now. And what that's done... I mean, what if the two draw each other in the Challenge Cup? So it's weakened the Challenge Cup, hasn't it, to an extent? It has. And what what does that do to the uh, to an extent to the squad? What 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 rules do the Super League team have? If they yeah. say a player we want, does that player have to play for the team on that weekend? That's right. That's right. What? It's uh, yeah. And I, 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 what what one thing I do dislike about the feeder club system, Chris and James or the, the dual registration system, is that it means the lower club is in debt to the Super League club or the NRL club. So people used to go and pay to watch the Queensland Cup side. So they still do, but in bigger numbers, the Queensland Cup sides and New South Wales Cup sides. Now they're essentially just reserve grades for the NRL sides. And you could almost argue it's a little bit like that in England, but not completely. It's sort of like halfway, isn't it? Well, it, it is a bit, because a few weeks ago, J- James Donaldson, who's been a fairly regular first team of the Leeds, was playing for Bradford, just as a one-off. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I mean, and this, yeah. I, I tell you what's bad about this as a Bradford fan too. <laughs> the It wasn't that long ago you were watching them in Super League, mate, and Leeds were their whipping boys. They were, yeah, given Leeds. You know, it, it's like yeah. it's like Man City sending players to Manchester United. It is similar, they're down similar a, sort of gone down thing. a division. Well, yeah, it is. I remember the crowds being twenty odd thousand and also being full. I so do one of too. those games right now. Run with the bulls, we're yeah. all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. as you know, halfway through the pod when I'm hosting it, I'm not boring like Taylor or Chris. I like to throw in something that's absolutely nothing to do with rugby league, and then at the end I'll do the same. So one thing that we didn't mention last week is uh, last Thursday was actually May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day. Um, I don't know if we've got Star Wars fans here, but what I want to know, Chris and James, and we can talk about people who aren't on the pod. So, for example, Renil, I would say he's a little Ewok. Um, what what Star Wars characters have we got here on the Rugby League Coach podcast? Um, I would say Chris is Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he's too cranky. <laughs> Obi-Wan isn't cranky. <laughs> he's one of the only ones I know. <laughs> I know. I've only watched, watched the ones that come out in the 80s. I mean, clearly I'm Han Solo or Luke Skywalker. I suppose I suppose um, Taylor can be Luke Skywalker, blonde hair, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, James? Tim, I'm, Tim I'm can, actually... Tim can I'm, be I'm Chewbacca. Actually, I'm actually Googling it, Lee. I'm like, Chris, I'm not an expert on it, really. Oh, terrible I'm, question but, then. You know, well, Chewbacca, the only, the only guy the big I hairy know. one. The only guy I know from one of the, I don't know, even know which ones to call them, the prequels or the one, two, threes or the ones that come out after the original three is, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess if I want to want to pursue the cranky old man thing, is it Bubba Fett? Bob, Bubba Fett. Bubba Fett. He was in all of them. Um, was he? Um, yeah. Um, one way or the other, yeah. Mate, yeah. He, he might not have been in the original original. But he was in number two, the original number two and the original number three. Yeah, he dies. He dies in Return of the Jedi, which is number six, and then he was. Yeah, um, I want to know who the little wise man is, like Yoda. 
Again, you could you could be older, Chris, but you're too cranky. Mind you, Yoda was a bit cranky too. And you're, ta- you're taller than I thought you were. So uh, oh, Taylor, yes. Taylor can be Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm googling it now, Lisa. I see who all these characters are as well. Rosie, <laughs> Ro- in fact, Rosie looking at him last week, he was probably Jabba the Hutt, actually. Uh, yeah. Not Jabba the Hutt, um, <laughs> Chewbacca. Jesus' face was hairy. I forgot to say about, about Rosie. Rosie's having some kind of procedure tomorrow. So, um, oh, best of luck. Yeah, he yeah, said something about that. having to be near the bathroom or something. So, yeah. Right. So, nice. they'll be. We'll be trying to find if he's got any balls. Huh? <laughs> well, have you got anything for us, James? <laughs> what on these characters? Yeah, yeah. I tell you I'm what, some looking. bars, some bars in West Yorkshire I've been to are like the, you know, the bar in the first Star Wars where they walk in and it's all these funny-looking creatures and the music's in the yeah. background. <laughs> I think was it was it yeah was it Patrick was Patrick Stewart in Star Wars? Am I right with that? Or am I totally wrong with that? No, he was in Star Trek. Was he from he's from Huddersfield, yeah. I think. So he has a West Yorkshire connection, but he, I got mixed up with that one there. I don't know if he was in Star Wars or not, to be honest, but he was definitely I don't in think one he was in Star, Star Wars, no. No. James, you've come ill prepared again. I'm not I'm not saving you. All right. <laughs> the no, um, my my questions are pretty simple today. The the next one is, are Melbourne Storm gone as a rugby league force? James, I'll start with you. Mm, they seem to be, yeah, they seem to be struggling a bit this season. That, uh, yeah, definitely. It's, I just suppose that they've lost some, you know, some pivotal, uh, pivotal players. I'm just looking at the table now where, where they are. Well, six. Where are they? Six. 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 Everyone six. else would be happy with that. Well, they would, but yeah, they've been an institution, haven't they, for a lot of years? With, mm. I mean, how long? How long has Craig Bellamy's been there ever since the start? It hasn't it? ever since. The... No, no, no. It was Chris Anderson oh, originally. Oh, oh Chris Anderson. Right, right, oh, right. I didn't realize it. Right, oh four. I think oh four. Mm. Two thousand and four was uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They just seem to be. Uh... Is it a period of transition for them, perhaps? Yeah, the, the, it's been a long, it's been a long time coming in that period of transition. It's uh... yeah, it has. I mean, Ryan Papenhausen. I mean, I just kind of take a glance sometimes at the NRL games, and but Ryan Papenhausen is he is he out of the team at the moment? I'm just looking yeah. at something. Yeah, when's he's he back? Missing. When's he back, Chris? The latest I heard on the weekend was he's his latest statement was I'm just going to make sure I'm good. He won't put a date on it. As far as uh, not that I've heard recently, anyway, he won't put a date on it. He's had a few setbacks and um, things haven't gone according to plan. But it was a horrific. It was really bad. His patella was almost cracked like an eggshell. So he um, and and seeing like I've seen a little bit of video footage of him and the shape of his knee is still very different to the shape of his other one. The shape of his injured knee is still very different to the shape of his other one. So I don't know. And he's. He's dodged the question, but he has been asked, you know, whether he'll still get back this season. And his goal is yes, obviously. But um, yeah, I just I wish him well because he's he's a big part of the Storm's arsenal, and I would never ever ever write off a Melbourne Storm. And my experience every time 
they get written off is when they they tend to come back even stronger. But so uh, have, you, have you just answered the question there? Yeah, I think so. Do you, do you think the Miss Addo car? It was that potent for it out wide. I don't think I, wingers. I don't think wingers win your competition. No, but possibly miss. Miss. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure Melbourne tend to lose players that they want to keep. Mm. No, well, very rarely. Yeah, very rarely. What's your yeah. what next topic, Chris? Well, I'm going to throw uh, a similar one to you at James. Or, or both of you who know more about the English Super League than I do, but uh, uh, St. Helens gone. Mm. They got yeah, beaten that... again on the weekend by by the Dragons, wasn't it? By Catalan. The the dead the dead. I'm I'm just I'm just thinking we we've said once or twice, Lee, that it's a high pressure job for Paul Wellens to have on his first was his mm-hmm. first head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Is there much of a personnel change from last year, player-wise? Don't think so. Don't think there is particularly. No, no. It's just looking down the first team, first team squad. Not, not really. Not really. No. There's, I think there's rumours that Jack Wellsby is going to come to NRL, isn't there? I saw something. Oh, they keep mentioning it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny though. Some English people never want to leave England, do they? To live abroad. Likewise, some Australians don't want to leave Australia and play in England. I mean, somebody like James Roby would have done great in the NRL. And everyone talks about these things as if they should have done it and they're not the complete player. Well, what if the fellow wanted to stay at home with his family? Well, I'm thinking of one. <laughs> you know, that, you know, that, that, that's, you know that's, mm. that, that trumps everything, really, doesn't it? So, well, um, can they earn similar money? Can they earn similar money in the UK Super League? Over the lot- years, over the years, yeah. 20 years ago, the pound was a lot stronger. Now <coughs> it's dropped and they don't earn it. The salary cap's nowhere near now. Okay. So the salary cap in Australia, is for, that's why you've got so many English players here. Yeah. So you can earn a lot more money over here, basically. But relatively <laughs> speaking, can they set themselves up for life with 10 years in the Super League? Uh, maybe not life now. Um Depends what you do with it. Um, yeah, I don't think it's... I think you can if you structure yourself, yeah, the top players, but that's a different question again, isn't it? I think St. Ellen's might not be winning the title this year, I've got to be honest, to answer your question, to be quite frank. Do you have an opinion on it, Chris? I haven't watched any in the last couple of weeks, but um, I... Oh, look, it's an uneducated guess, but just looking at the table, there's some teams there that I'd love to see. Catalan, were, were Catalan in the grand final last year or preliminary? No, it was Saints and Leeds last year. Uh, Catalan, okay. Cat, yeah, Catalan were uh, knocked out by Leeds. So the grand yeah. finalists are now yeah. then at uh, seventh and eighth on the table at the moment. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah. Leeds are leaving it late. Do if they want to make them, yeah. They've been, they've been poor. Leeds, Leeds have been pretty poor this season for a while. I've not, I've not watched a lot, but it is time in the run, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Team's time in the run. Yeah, there's definitely that. There's a lot of criticism coming Roman Smith's way about recruitment of players. I've noticed. 
did did a good job last year. Well, yeah, there is, there is at the moment. They just seem uh, they did a good job last year. He did a good job last year to turn it around. I mean, how many times did they come from fifth or sixth when Brian McDermott was in charge? Yeah, to win, yeah, yeah. To win it. Um, what's your next topic, James? Ironically, going on going on about that, following on from that Leeds game, really one of the ones I had listed. Paul Rowley's doing a fairly good job with Salford. They seem to be consistently do fairly well now. Salford. Did you see my hometown. Did you see my analysis of them a few weeks ago? I, I said they were a bit yeah. gung ho. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they've changed. I've not. I've not looked at them for a while. I, I remember um, that funny one you said about the uh, defence, and you called it the new defensive style, the rectangle. The rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Look, there's something else to be said about rugby league in both hemispheres. Mm. It's very hard to play top-level rugby league all the way through the year now, mm. particularly in Australia. Yep. And as a result, I think some good teams end up looking poor and some poor teams end up looking good. Part of me thinks a lot of them aren't as good as we think they are. Like, I don't think in the NRL is an absolute standout team this year. Agreed. People are throwing things at South at the minute, but I just think they're in their purple patch now. They've got a long way to go, in my opinion, and they can't sustain what they're doing all year either. And there's no good doing it in April if you're not going to do it in September. Yep. Penrith aren't the force they were last year. Cronulla on their day look like the best team, but keep having the odd day where they fold. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're quite poor. Cronulla remind me very much of South from a couple of years ago. In that they seem to be travelling great and then they'll just lose a game that you don't expect them to, you know? Um, and I think the same can possibly be said of Super League, what I've seen at it. Wigan, Wigan now aren't the Wigan of 20 years ago. Um, the leads aren't the leads of 20 years ago. I think a lot of standards have dropped in Super League. All my English brethren over there, they hate me saying that they think I've forgotten what it means to be British. No, I'm just truthful. The standard, of the, game over, the, standard of the game I over agree. there has dropped significantly. I agree, and I'm not just saying it to follow what you're saying. It Because going back, we said going back before, but going back to the early 2000s, the calibre of players mm. who came from NRL then, that's Jamie right. Lyon. Steve Renoff, Brett Dallas. Steve Renoff, yeah. Brett Dallas yeah. played most of his career at Wigan in the end, I think. Um, and that's a fellow who played Origin. Mm. And yeah, and, and before that, Greg Greg Florimo before that came. He, he was London and Halifax. Yeah, I, I mean there's, there's plenty, two. yeah. We we yeah. used to compete for those names, and now we get players that nobody's heard of. Like or players that have struggled to get in wooden spoon teams that are now Man of Steel. Or players that have had controversial incidents in NRL, so they've come over yeah. ben, ben Barber. Like, I a, when... I, I'm a massive Jackson Hastings fan, right? Mm. And I think in a good club, he'd win trophies in Australia. But the reality is he only gets picked up by teams now that are at the struggling end of the ladder and he got Man of Steel in England and got two teams to a grand final so that puts that into some kind of context um, Brody Croft 
Brodie Croft couldn't get in the Broncos side when they were wooden spoon favourites. I see names pop up in these team lists that have only ever played Q Cup or New South Wales Cup. Mm -hmm. And um, it used to be your Peter Sterlings and your Alfie Langers Mm -hmm. and your Mal Meningas and those guys that would go Mm -hmm. over and get gigs in the Super League. Um, And the Super League used to, I don't think it was even called Super League back then, but, you know, they'd, they'd attract the top, the cream of the Australian competition. But now, like you guys have both said, you know, it's um, sometimes it's a place where guys need to go to get away from uh, their own misdemeanors, and um, and others go there because they can earn a coin and that they wouldn't get in in uh, Australia because they wouldn't play A grade. Part of me wonders what the heck they're doing going to England to get away from the misdemeanors. They've also not been out in Pontefract or in Manchester <laughs> or in uh, certain parts. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Newcastle. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've got a weekend in Newcastle lined up for the Magic Weekend. Fourteen of us going up there—that should be fun. Okay, mate, mate, I'm actually going to throw in another topic because you mentioned Magic. Um, in England, where's the best Magic venue? I mean, it's been at Newcastle, it's been at Man City's ground. Mm. Was there a Magic at the Millennium Stadium one year as well? Have I got there that was, right? There, or Murrayfield? Was, or think, it, it started at the Millennium Stadium, I believe. I think that's yeah. where it started. It, and, and yeah, the Etihad and uh, was this Newcastle. I, the, the tried Anfield one year, but it only lasted one year at Anfield. Okay, maybe maybe because that's a bit far out of Liverpool city centre. Have you I've got a favourite? Have you got a favourite venue out of all of them? I like I, I like Newcastle. I like I like it as a city, but it's also fairly central for the for. for for the city centre. Oh, it seems yeah, to it's right in the middle of it, basically. So how yeah, does it work? How does it work? How do they allocate where it's going to be each year? Is it a bidding thing or is it a um, is it a rotation thing? Or how how's it work? It's been at Newcastle a while now, hasn't it? It, it has, yeah, apart from the Anfield year. Yeah, yeah, it has. It was, at, it was at Cardiff for a few years. Was it at the Etihad for a couple of years, about 2012? Because I, I remember... seem to think it was, yeah. I remember Adrian Pertell had a had a house scare in the dressing room at half time in the Bradford Leeds game. And that were about okay. 2013. Okay. He had, he had a heart attack in the dressing room, I think. Jeez. Half time. Yeah. That was at the Etihad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where would you like to see Magic Round in Australia, Chris? I know you're benefiting it from it being in Brisbane, but yeah, I am, but I was only thinking about that this afternoon and adding it, I think you've preempted one of my topics, Lee, because um, I actually would like to see it being shared around. I think it's fantastic in Brisbane, don't get me wrong, and it's well supported, but I think it's a, it's also an opportunity to grow the game in Melbourne or Perth or... Um, I think you'd have to take it to one of the biggest cities uh, just to, to make sure that you can fill it each week. Uh, but I'd, I would, I'd, I'd like to see it go to Melbourne. I think Melbourne being the sports mad nuts that they are, I think they'd, um, they'd patronise it well. But then again, the AFL being as militant as they are, may well do everything they can to, to uh, lower the crowd numbers. But um, I, I would, Lee, uh, and Auckland, Take it to Auckland. Mm. I think it'd be great for rugby league to take it to Auckland and have um, have all eight games there, and even explore. You know, 
who's to say it has to be all at one venue? Could we split split it across two cities, or would that dilute it? You know, I think we could think a little creatively about it. Um, but it's a great concept. I'm glad we stole it off the Poms because uh, <laughs> I've enjoyed what it. Year, so far what year? What year do you reckon the first one was in England, James? I, I looked at this yesterday. I think it was about 2008. It was I think it was seven, like seven. Seven, I think. Was it seven? Seven, yeah. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Round, round about then. They're actually talking that one of the things that IMG have said is that this is the last one this year. I believe so, yeah. What? Why? I don't know. I don't understand that, really. Wow. Seems, yeah. Yeah, which is one of the negative things that they've come. IMG is causing, like, it's a big new thing over here, but that's quite negative to me. It's something that's worked. So and in the UK, new. it started in 07. In Australia, it started 2019. A full right. twelve years later. I've How does the ground hold up over there? What How does the ground past- hold up? Well, it's and, about and, and over. I mean, if you don't, tend, you wouldn't have as much sunshine. I'm, I'm assuming you wouldn't have as much sunshine. You've got, you've got to remember, Chris, that they're playing on a football stadium, and the the budget that goes into looking after those fields, and the the money in and around the Newcastle United club, particularly now. Yeah. It dwarfs anything you can imagine going into Suncorp Stadium. Gotcha. Okay. And it's not like Suncorp is neglected either. The other thing is, um, there are so many games at Suncorp at the minute without Magic Round. Hmm. Redcliffe use it as the home game. Queensland Reds use it as their home venue. Um, the Broncos use it as their home venue. And there's been concerts on it in the summer and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's just it's probably not an apple and apple scenario because right now Newcastle United are playing once a fortnight on that field, basically, aren't they? And yeah. Um, yeah. it's like a carpet, man. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the technology on the fields over there is phenomenal because the because of the money involved. Um, okay. Did you did you have another topic, James? Uh. Yeah, I've got I've got one or two actually. I've got the uh, oh, no. the, well, the one one that's one that's fairly uh, one that I regard very very highly in the sport as, as tactics. The importance of support play. Oh, support play. Uh, talking of support, I think the supporting act has just arrived. I just uh, I think he can hear us, but we can't see him yet. Taylor Brown calling. Taylor Brown. Taylor Llewellyn. Taylor Llewellyn connecting to audio. Is on his way in. So the importance of support play. We'll hit mm. Taylor up with this. Taylor, the importance of support play. Mate, first of all, hello, gentlemen. How are we all? I'm all right, lad. How are you? Yeah, really good. Flown in, flown in from Sydney to Sydney, sorry. Yes, I have. I've flown into Sydney town. I'm just trying there to. There he ask... is. Look, look at him. There we are. Good day, gentlemen. <laughs> look at um, Look at that Looking head. Very relaxed. Oh yeah, just got to the room, mate. So um, he's got yeah, he's we, got jocks on. Wouldn't say relaxed quite. Yeah, yeah. I've I've still got uh, pants on, so that's how you know I'm not relaxed. I'm <laughs> <off> the, <laughs> you, and and a little hot tip for the listeners and the viewers: I do tend to do the podcast in the nude. I just have a shirt on, so um, I haven't had time to unpack my bag. I actually brought my Dolphins jersey to represent oh. on this beautiful. Um, 
this beautiful uh, Monday because the Dolphins did the Sharks. But the importance of support play, as you said, is huge. Um, Lee, I think it's the the difference between a really good 5'8 half fullback, uh, between a good one and an average one. Um, we, we said that earlier, didn't we, about the 5'8 Danny Maguire? Yeah, yeah and we did. I just think the, some of the best 5'8s in history are just known for it. Mm. Um, and, and that's actually one thing that I will say that has impressed me about Jackson Hastings. Jackson Hastings is a very good support player mm. um, backing up through the middle. Um, that's one thing he's brought to the Knights. And then you see it in the best fullbacks in the game, Dylan Edwards, James Tedesco. They just sniff mm-hmm. around that centre of the field mm-hmm. um, like a bad smell. Cody Walker's very good at it as well. Um, but, yeah, it's huge for a side. If you can get that front foot and then you've you've got some backup, it can turn a half break into four points. Taylor, at risk of, the, of you either repeating something we've already discussed or you're not having anything prepared. Have you got any topics you want to discuss? Because we're on the last, we're on the home straight now. We've got about 10 minutes to go with that for our usual hour. Well, Lee, I actually spoke to you the other day. We were, we caught up. You were at Redcliffe coaching a young fella up there on the peninsula. Um, and I was actually down at training for my young fella's team. So we, we did have a chance to catch up for about 20 or so minutes. And I did tap you on the shoulder and said, remind me about this subject when we go on the podcast. I didn't don't know if it's been brought up yet, but the $15,000 fine to the South Sydney Rabbitohs for having an extra man on the field, I think is one of the most ludicrous things in the current game that I've ever seen. The NRL controls the interchange. They have an interchange official accompanied to each team. And they stand there and dictate who can go on the field at what times. To then turn around and say, oh, there's been a problem. You now have to pay us. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's madness. What is the purpose of having that man stand there and do his job if there's going to be no accountability for him taking control of that? Now, I can understand if the clubs have had control, uh, but the, they don't. They just do not have control. Um, and apart from a player running on the field and making a tackle when he's clearly supposed to be on the bench, I don't see how it's the Rabbitohs. <laughs> I really don't see it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was crazy. And I thought I wanted to get everyone's opinion on, on what they thought of that incident, if they had any memory or any recollection. Uh, well, my, we'll go I'll go in order of my screen, left to right, the first one being me. I don't think it was big bickies. It didn't change the result. Crack on. Should have got a slap on the wrist. Chris? Oh, look, I'm of pretty much the same opinion. However, I I just vaguely recall in reading about it, was it because the player didn't actually give the card to the interchange official, so he, he kind of took matters into his own hands, the player? Or am I misremembering? Oh, look, if the, the player has the card in his hand, he gets the card from his own team, then he has to give the card to someone. Even if it dropped on the floor two metres from the interchange official, does it really matter? Is that, are we going to argue over spilt milk? Um, And the more, I I get that the NRL has those funds, but that just takes more away from the South Sydney Rabbitohs and what they can redirect that money into. Um, And I guarantee you, it's not coming out of the purse of anyone that's in the back office. It's coming Mm. out of the club's kitty, and that club's kitty should be going towards junior development and other areas of the game. Yeah, and look, I, I 100% agree. It just certainly didn't affect the game. What do you think, James? Well, yeah, it's, it's not affected the game. And the sh- what was he on, on for 15 seconds? 
according to this that I'm reading now. And there should be an official watching that. I mean, what damage can you do in 15 seconds? Well, maybe Adrian Morley at the start of an Ashes test. True, yes, yes, yes. yes thinking yes, about yes. that one. Yeah. I, think Taylor, I think Taylor's mind was in the gutter when I said that. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in a hotel room and I'm thinking about all the damage that's been done in here in 15 seconds yeah. and I'm starting to get a bit <laughs> iffy. Um, mate, I'm not letting you jump in without getting this question. What, what Star Wars character would you be? So between the last podcast and this one, it's been May the 4th. Star Wars Day. So what Star Wars character would you be? James said you'd be Jabba the Hutt. I said Luke Skywalker, blonde hair. That was nice. What would you who would you be? And what and what would everybody else be? So Tim Cheeseman, we've decided is Chewbacca, Raniel and Ewok, and I'm Han Solo. I just I'm gonna be a bit of a Darth Vader here. I cannot believe that I have a job during the week. I'm a I'm a sales representative. I, on the weekends, I get paid to talk about rugby league and stuff from the QRL through all my commentary. I talk that much crap, and I still can't believe I didn't come up with a topic like this. This is terrible. Well, I don't, well I don't, what I would say is, <laughs> well, you're Darth Vader because you have a split personality then. You've got a job and you've got a, Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Darth Vader. Darth Vader yeah. I'll be with the face oh, Anakin, maybe Anakin. Anakin Skywalker. Oh, What's Anakin. James? We struggled to get James. James might be the evil emperor. Emperor Palpatine. He's a stormtrooper with that skull cap on. Have a go at it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, said, I said Characters. Chris could be Obi-Wan, but he's a bit too grumpy. <laughs> All right, the oh. next one. The next one. So in your cases, it'd be a hall pass, but your celebrity crush or crushes. I'm going to go right to left on my screen. So that's you, Taylor. Look, Naomi says you've got a hall pass or two or three. <laughs> well, um, Scarlett Johansson and I have always had a, an intimate connection and I felt that through various devices, phones, internet, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But when I was... When I was in year ten, and Lee, you would have you wouldn't have known me quite yet in year ten. I was just before I met you, um, but I remember going to a Black Eyed Peas concert, and mm. I had I had long hair pushed to the side. I had a mm. um, a fluoro purple V neck on mm. with a, a shark tooth necklace. It was all the rage, mm-hmm. um, and I could swear to you that Fergie looked me dead in the eye as she was singing a song. And um, yeah, look. That I think Fergie would have to get it done because we shared something. Yeah, she was, that all, day, she was all right then back back then. Fergie, 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 she loved you a long time. And I sometimes I'm thinking as I'm here at the Hilton thinking about her. I wonder if she's somewhere thinking about me. And I, I yeah, think yeah, she yeah. might be honestly. Yeah, because that yeah, was yeah. deep. That I'm anyway. sure she watches or listens to the Rugby League Coach <laughs> podcast. Um, James, Pro- probably, uh, probably Liz Hurley. Yeah. yeah. Shane Warne seemed to like her as well, didn't they? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Do, you reckon, do, you reckon, do you reckon you'd do as good as a job as the spin king or what? <laughs> the king of spin. <laughs> yeah, puts well-flighted deliveries there, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of bouncers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit too much grass on the wicket for spin, I reckon. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Chris, 
This will be some 1950s uh, actress that we've never heard of or something. Not quite the 1950s, but it, it has to be Kylie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't, you yeah. can't get her out of your head, can you? No, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd do the locomotion with her any day of the week. Just spin <laughs> it around your mind. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And who's, who's yours, Lee? Elton John? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't mind. <laughs> Blue jean, baby. <laughs> Tiny dancer. <laughs> um, no, there's a there's a lady called Jessica Plummer, who's an actress in the UK who, um, yeah, you know, goes goes well. Um, she Cheryl wouldn't be a lady Cole. if she had anything to do with you, though, Lee, would she? Cheryl Cole, the old uh, lead singer of the... Um, what were they called? Girls Aloud? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tidy. Tidy and, you know, travelling well. Um, to be honest, mate, I've probably got an extensive list, actually. I probably change it quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's... Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're definitely the two that sort of stay stay in and around, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Do you reckon we're crushes of anybody's, Taylor? Like, I, I don't know about you blokes, but I 100% am. <laughs> oh, I'm on the QRL TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Someone's got an eye out for me out there. I don't know who it is, but they're out there. So you flew into Sydney? Yep. A bit late? Yeah, so we had um, delays at Brisbane Airport from high winds and things like that. Um, cold, in Sydney. cold tonight and it is cold and then when we got to Sydney because of those winds they were actually reduced to one one runway is it cold in Sydney it is it's about 14 degrees so it's cold in there yeah it's quite cold um mm-hmm. and we were sat on the runway for about half an hour and then the rental cars these days you've got to pick it up you get you go to the airport and sign in then you've got to get on a bus to go to where you pick up the car from that's ridiculous um, you need to get a bus to get to the car it, yeah, it's a, it's a schmozzle. And then when I got here, I'm staying at the Hilton. So when we got here, it was a bit of a rendezvous to get the to check in. So a rendezvous. <laughs> so there was there was just a bit going on. It was mm. it was full on. Mm. Um, but anyway, we're here. We survived. So uh, yeah, we got Can't to. I'm it. right. I'm right next to Center Point Tower. Okay. So I'm about hundred meters from the base of Center Point Tower. I'd say. Why don't you go out for a walk and see what you can do? Well, I don't know if you guys can see. Can I flip my camera? It's not letting me. But anyway, that's the basement right there. Yeah, nice. Right at the top. I've been up there with my dad. Have you? I think he wanted to throw me off. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, unless you've got anything to say, Taylor, we might wrap this up. We've been going an hour, lad. Well, fella, how was did, did we have a chat about Magic Round? About 15 times. Yeah, see, and that's I thought it might have been played out by the time I got on here. But I'll tell you what, I went to Magic Round on Saturday. Um, and the atmosphere was electric. It was my first time ever. And whole house, what, wasn't it? All three days. Yeah, well, what a great concept. I just loved it, mate. And um the atmosphere was really good. They did the whole kiss cam and everything on the on the screen. Um, Who did you which, kiss? Oh, they didn't. They didn't give me the option, and I don't think the wife 
in any way she was with me. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, they did the kiss cam and the dance cams, and there was just a really good vibe about the whole crowd. And um, you know, you know what thing makes me chuckle at halftime at the Broncos that the sting, the, oh, the the running, the guy who runs around, and you've got to beat yeah. him in a race. That just cracks me up, and I'm not the kind of person who likes that kind of thing. But that just cracks me up because I think it's because he's in tight lycra and he's got like the his face covered up and everything like a Power Ranger. You know what? I, <laughs> you know what I first thought when I saw him. I thought he's obviously a really good sprinter, probably Australian, yeah. standard, Queensland standard. And I thought, imagine training as hard as you do for all your life. And you can't quite make a buck out of it. And someone says, "How about you sprint at half time with a couple?" Of <laughs> and and you just go. Okay. And honestly, honestly, James, there's some people. If you imagine, if you imagine a field, right? If you imagine the corner flag at the northern end, and then you have to run to the southern end, round the post, and then or whatever, and then to the other corner flag at the northern end. There's some people who start about. Halfway line from the other northern end, and he beats him, buddy Taylor. Yeah, he does. He's very impressive. Yeah, and I can imagine, I can imagine that before he puts that mask on and walks out to the stadium, it's a bit like Will Ferrell in Blades of Glory, as he's used to be the Olympic skater, and he's coming out to do the the kids show, and as he puts his mask mask on, he just goes, "I hate my life." And just puts it right out there. Well, on the subject of Taylor talking about masks in a hotel room without his wife and without his undercrackers, we may leave the podcast right where it is. Chris, you got the little earbuds in this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm, I am concerned. I've just noticed that in the corner of my hotel room, there's just, I've got a connecting door. Oh hello! Uh, make sure, make sure it's locked, or else you might get violated. Can I, what's on the other side? Just knock on it and say hello. Nah, it's deadlock, guys. I've just checked. It's all oh, good. Everyone, calm right. down. Everyone, calm down. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still laughing at the visions of the guy receiving his letter, saying that he's finally made it. He gets to do the lap. Suncorp <laughs> 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 Stadium. <laughs> there will there will be somebody sat there thinking, I want to be the Sting's replacement. There will be someone. Yeah, it's me. It's me. I just don't have the sprinting skills. Mate, imagine you in the Lycra. Oh, well, you don't have to. I used to do triathlons when I retired from footy. I used to don the Lycra every Saturday and go for a Mate, ride. Mate, I've worn uh, a fella who competed at the 2000 Olympics for Australia. I wore his Lycra for a staff versus students race at a school once and yes I did put stuff down there to protect the view of the <laughs> Niagara Falls the protective view or enhance the view <laughs> a bit from column A and a bit from column B right there <laughs> <laughs> it's all advertising yeah that's right that's right that's right but trust me it was very tight <laughs> like he was a slender figure. And I was... <laughs> yeah. One of those ones where you went to the gym a few extra times that week, did you? <laughs> Not with three hours notice that I was wearing it, no. <laughs> all right, uh, boys. All right, gentlemen. Yes, thanks, lads. So, so we organised yes, it lads. on a Monday for Taylor, and he didn't even make it. I didn't even make it. What a stitch up. 
I know. Well, next time I say Richard Branson, I'll put him in a in a headlock for you and let him know what I really feel. <laughs> Take care, up. boys. Get Richard to do the first half hour next week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.